Okay. Um, Jeremy, finish your ice pop. (laughs) (laughs) She's never going to finish. No. That's what she said. Ha. You ready? (laughs) Three, two, one. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of That Little Podcast. I'm your host, Joel. Sitting across from me is no one because Jeremy's not here. But next to him is our sweet and sassy, sometimes salty, showrunner, Miss Stacy. Hey, guys. So really... Just kidding. It's kind of hard to do and it's just the two of us. I know. You can... <laughs> I don't know the words. So, as you guys can tell, we are... Down a man. Uh, we've had some scheduling with our guests. Um, kind of some issues come up. Yeah, we had an episode that we were going to record. It was going to be based around prepping. We told you guys we were going to do that. And uh, we had a special guest that the whole episode was around. That got canceled. And I'll tell you why. I mean, we had an off-grid yeah. Alaskan prepper uh-huh. coming on. And, you know, some of the issues with... Being off-grid. Yeah, being off-grid was internet issues and internet's going out and stuff with sim cards and right. uh, so so scheduling the podcast kind of got, got, got a little, it got a little hairy and here we are i don't think me and you had just been the two of us on the podcast since like episode one well no well yes but i mean as far as just us being hosts since what episode 11 maybe i don't even bar- know i mean we're at 106 yeah now. episode 11 we started the barbecue round table yep and they came on for three or four episodes, and then we started the whole podcast with uh, Matt and Jeremy taking off from there, but here we are. Cool. I know, and Jeremy, you know, busy as he is, was unable at the last minute to shift gears and uh Yeah, we tried to make it happen. We tried to make it happen, and but here we are. We have, Me and Stacey have put together a great episode for you guys. We are going to be jumping back on the venison and wild game train on this episode, y'all. So if you are a hunter, you're going to love it. If you're not, you're still going to love it. You're going to want to pick up some wild game. Oh, hell yes. Yeah, you can go to some of your local uh, processors or, you know, surely you know a friend or somebody that you can get these cuts from. I mean, look at two episodes ago when we introduced um, Krista to our method of Uh ribs. This is a girl who did not like ribs at all. And now she's cooking them. Now she's cooking them and <laughs> can't get them off of her mind. So I know that everybody's going to want to listen to this because me, myself, I never liked game meat. Never had game mm-hmm. meat prior to you. And, you know, now it's something where I'm like, get your ass in the woods. I did it. Did I it. need meat on the table. I tried to get some meat on the table. Hey, so, uh, the, yeah. Well, Speaking of Krista. Well, let's get to that one second. Okay, I want to just tell everybody before we move on, in the next segment, we're going to be talking exotic cuts. This is when we're doing, I'm butchering, I'm breaking down this animal, and we're talking about all different types of cuts on the deer. We're going to be specifically talking about cuts you wouldn't normally eat, so stick around for that. And yeah, so what's going to be good about that is I know a lot of people are starting their hunting seasons right now. Yes. Um, You're starting to process, you're starting to, um, you know, you're going to have to butcher them yourselves. We're going to give you a list of some cuts to keep. Mm-hmm. And you can vacuum seal them, stick them in your freezer because we've got some excellent uh, exotic cut recipes coming up. Let's step outside the box. But yeah. first, we got to do what we always do. We got to catch up. And when we catch up, we have a tasty pour. That's right. So you don't even know what I poured for you I today. don't. It is a beautiful color. It's not super dark, but it's not light. A good medium amber. I'm going to give it a smell. Hang on. Mmm. This is a kind of bookery. Here we go. Go salami. All right. Mm. Salami to y'all too. Salami. Yum. That is not Booker's. It is not Booker's. That's oaky. That's very oaky. Is that knob? Blah, my knob. My horn on a cob. No, it's actually um, Woodford oh, Reserve there's uh, the, there's, Double there's, Oak. There's the oak. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's an easy go-to for me, mm-hmm. so I thought, well, I'm going to go ahead and pour that. And, and uh, speaking of Krista, like I had said earlier... She made a homemade pumpkin roll. That's right. For us. Um, you know, last week we talked about the Second Harvest Food Bank, which we raised a bunch of money for. Well, she raised a bunch of money for. And mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. a thank you, she made us this delicious pumpkin roll. 
Well, let's just, Jeremy's not here. Let's eat on the podcast. Yes, that's a great idea. <laughs> Cut me a slice right now. Give me a knife. Well, go right there on the computer desk. There's one there. Don't worry. I, <laughs> <laughs> Am I seriously? Am I seriously cutting it with this? Yeah. I mean, okay. why? I it have... is a fixed blade uh, Damascus knife. It looks like it should be attached to my hip. It's a knife. It could, I don't know. It's, that is giant. Well, I was going to cut it in the center for like. Slivers. Okay, sorry. Anyways. Go ahead and slice into this. I've never had a pumpkin roll. I don't think I've really liked pumpkin rolls. So maybe she can change my mind. Oh, look how look at that. Look how cute it is. Man, take it. There we go. That's give me, she said. Give me a little piece of that, girl. You get the thick end. That's what she said. Okay, here we go. Right. Michael Scott would be proud. All right. Thank you, Krista, for go. thinking of us. Salami. Oh, my gosh. Man, that is good. That is so delicious. Mm. We got to let the kids try that. We got to try to make this. No, I'll just let her do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. All right. So... It's cold, rainy day. We got football on. Uh Um, We decided to make some homemade bread. You know, two episodes ago, we made... No, no, last episode. Yeah. Last episode, we did homemade bread. We're practicing again today. Um, Joel's been mixing that around. Hopefully, we can get a little video out for that soon. But um, I was feeling a little froggy. Got us a rotisserie chicken. Yeah. And made up some buffalo chicken dip. Because what else goes better? I love rainy days. Because that's when you start breaking out dips. (laughs) We got football on. You want to always bake something. I do. I so do. That's what we're doing. We, uh, my parents, their anniversary is um, was yesterday uh, on Monday. And they are, um, I forgot how many years it is. But anyways, I don't want, I wanted to cook for them. I wanted to cook something nice in celebration of their marriage. So we're baking some bread. We're going to have some fillets. And uh, it's good. Oh, something that, we're, you know, just in case you guys haven't done this before, we're using, we're baking the bread. And you can go to the store and get like a French bread or Italian bread or some kind of dense um, bread for this. But we make this when people come over and mm-hmm. it gets devoured and it's our bread dipping oil. Um, basically, just take a little dish, put some, uh, smear some either minced garlic or garlic paste, something like that. Sorry, Jeremy. I know that you're not here, so you can't shit on my garlic paste. Yeah, shut up, Jeremy, over there in your seat you're not in. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but I like to because you just squirt it on there, uh, smear it around, put some good tasting olive oil on top of that plate, a bunch of magnum. And those coarse pieces just really add to this. And then we'll put a little bit of um, grated Parmesan on there, and it is the perfect bread dipping oil like it blows away these restaurants that you go to and have that as an appetizer it's really good but i have a confession what during ketchup what? I'm, not, I'm not proud of it either oh my god i don't know you ready what i have gone down a disgusting rabbit hole of pimple popping <laughs> it went from bread dipping oil to pimple popping <laughs> i mean it all involves oil wait 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 like your own pimples no like watching it on instagram Oh. I came across this video and this this sucker was squeezing out this monster out of this person's skin. It was just black. Yeah, but is that really a pimple or is that like an abscess? Well, I went down a bunch. No, no, it's like a blackhead. These massive blackheads. And they're having to get like forceps to pull this thing out. And they're like wiggling it back and forth. And I don't know what it is, but my my, my eyes cannot be... <laughs> could not be averted from the the pimple popping. You need to just come to work with me one night because no, the problem is is that my search bar. Ever since doing this, yeah. I'll go to search or the discover on Instagram, and all of it is disgusting skin and pimple popping. Well, it's terrible that Instagram does that. <laughs> um, so this pimple popping, like I said, you need to come to work with me. No, we um, you know, we drain a lot of abscesses and stuff, and I'm gonna tell you, I can see why you like it because. Uh, there's something satisfying about the amount that you get out and the relief I, that you experience. But, but, but I feel gross. It's pretty gross. It's like I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, why can't I stop? Why can't I stop watching this? I don't know. You need uh, to clear your history, your browsing history. <laughs> All right. So uh, moving on from that, uh, I don't know if you guys watched football over the weekend. That's what me and Stacy do. We watched a shit ton of football. And there were some top 10 teams that got freaking taken out, yo. One of them in particular I'm super happy about, which is Notre Dame. The Fighting Irish were finally taken down. And guess who they were taken down by? I did, actually didn't keep up with that one. Who did they, who did they go Cincinnati. down by? Cincinnati. Cincinnati Bearcats. The old, you know, Butch Jones used to coach there? Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati is number eight or number seven in the nation right now. Cincinnati. Hmm, I need to look that up. Now, 
Now, uh, Notre they, Dame, were they undefeated prior to this? They were. And they were, they like, were like number 12 or something like no, that? No, no, no. They were up there. Um, I don't freaking remember. But anyway, they were top 10. But the thing is, what's crazy about this is a, um, a group of five team has never made it to the playoff. Even So, like, when UCF was in Boise State. A group State, of five? What do you mean? So, like, you have, you have like, your... your I'm sorry, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Anyways, you guys, SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Big Twelve. You know what I'm saying? Those, okay. Those conf- those are the ones that always compete for the playoff. But then you got like the MAC or or Notre uh, Dame Ma- is- the Mountain West Conference, or whatever. Yeah. Those teams never get in. So like Boise State or or UCF, they go undefeated but because of strength of schedule. They never qualified to be in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Well, Cincinnati has beaten two of the Power Five teams. And if they can continue, even though their schedule is pretty cupcake, but they have beaten two power five teams. Who did they now. beat other than uh, Notre Dame? I don't remember. Just saw it on Sports oh. Center. Okay. But, um, if they can continue this train of being undefeated, mm-hmm. you can't argue that they can't be in. I mean, they'll be in the playoffs, but I mean, freaking Georgia or Alabama playoffs. will spank them. You don't know. Anything can happen. I guess because look at Florida, we, but we don't know if Alabama's going to be in the playoffs. You know, I mean, we don't. Something could happen, and like Georgia, Tennessee. But Georgia and Alabama have to play each other in the SEC championship. Yeah. One of them's getting a loss, yeah. And will their resume be be good enough to keep them in the playoff after? Well, do you like the fact of a playoff? Because then, I mean, like they're arguably the two best teams right now in the NCAA. Do you think it's fair yes. that they don't both get to go to the national championship? Absolutely, they. Listen, well, and that's the thing is a one loss Georgia or a one loss Alabama is still going to have a better resume than an undefeated Cincinnati. So that would be, and this just proves to me why it has to needs to be instead of a four team playoff, be an eight team. Yeah, I don't like the four team playoff. Eight or twelve, it's just too tight. Uh, they need to open it up and yeah. let let shit freaking get crazy. Yeah, but anyway, uh, we also had. Florida, them Gators. I know. Taken down I mean, by the Wildcats. That was so fun to watch. I mean, Kentucky was going nuts. Mm-hmm. I know. We got to play them too. So, Kentucky. Are we playing Kentucky? We, yeah, of course. Play them okay. every, every year. But the this is the first time Kentucky's gone 5-0 and and I can't remember when. It's been a long, long time. Do they play Alabama? I don't know. Well, I don't know if it's on their schedule this we'll year. We'll see. Um, well, Clemson and Texas A&M both fell off of the college football rankings, so they are no longer in the top 25. Well, it's because freaking Clemson uh, about got beat by Boston College. Mm-hmm. Also, I like how we're talking a lot of a lot of sports ball. <laughs> I know. <laughs> now that Jeremy's, Jeremy's not, not here, here. <laughs> Jeremy would be like, he'd be over there playing with his fidget. Um, with we, his fidget. Yeah, Arkansas got beat by Georgia. That wasn't an, that wasn't yeah. an upset by any means. But Arkansas, Georgia just looks strong. They look stupid strong. Yeah. And I'm hoping that they can, uh, I, I want to see Alabama get taken down. I really do. Maybe by us. By us? Yeah. Tennessee is not. Tennessee looked good they this did. weekend. Tennessee spanked Missouri like 62 to 24 or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, we look strong. We're not deep enough. We don't have enough players to rotate in and out. To, like right now, our offensive line is like a skeleton crew. They're barely making it. Our play, our offensive line's playing injured. Mm-hmm. Two more years. If Josh Heupel keeps doing what he's doing in a couple of years, keeps looking like he's looking right now, I really feel like he's going to make some moves. We're going to be problem for people. Yeah. In the next couple of years, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely agree with that. So, um, I set up my cell cam. That's right. You know, I did the recommendation last week for the, yep. for the cell camera. I set it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought these things, uh, or you bought them for me last Christmas. Oh, I did? Yeah, you did. I don't remember that. Well, I ordered it. And, oh, okay. And you wrapped it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we uh, I opened it up because of a two-pack, and one of the cameras didn't have the dang prongs. That pissed me off. I hate that because half the time we don't ever return anything. It always happens to me. I know, but we never return it. And then it sits in our closet forever. And then we're well, like, well, what, not, what do we do with this? That's not happening because I have a major use for these cameras. So okay. it won't just sit there. Um, but I went and set it up and I've been getting some little pictures. Not not as many as I would hope to be getting right now. But it's, I mean, like it is piss porn rain out there. That's true. So like that's... my concern is they are probably all just sitting somewhere. I'm going to leave it for a little bit, but it's been really cool to be sitting here on the couch, get a little ding. And look, and I see the time, the date, and every, you know what is what's there. And this thing, when it takes a picture, I get it within two minutes. So whatever it takes a picture of was there two minutes prior. Well, here's the question: because we live literally thirty seconds from where this camera is. Yeah. 
if you see this like monster buck show up, are you going to like haul no. ass out the front door and no. try to go get it? No. Why not? Well, because that a, a deer has the inc- complete advantage on me. I eyesight, hearing, smelling, mm-hmm. everything. That's- You're not going to just go full like Rambo out there like, ah! <laughs> no, because by, <laughs> by the time I, he scared the dog. By the time I hit the woods, it, it would be gone. Like if I'm not there to sound like you're very confident in your abilities listen i can command you crawl with the best of them okay but when it comes to something like that now now i will say Mm -hmm. i will say that if i knew where if it was two minutes because i'm we're literally two minutes yeah and i knew which direction it was going i could head it off now that's different what if it was a big group of nanes and you're like oh wow i can make some now that i would that i wouldn't mind going after because the thing is with a big buck if i bust it it's gone. Mm-hmm. A buck, if, if it gets where it is, gets spooked, so to speak, it will go live in its little tiny corridor. It, they, they don't have to travel. The only, and then the only time it will leave will be in the dark during or, the rut. Or the rut. Well, both. During mm-hmm. the dark, during the rut. Uh-huh. Um, so you have to be really careful when you're, anytime you're hunting those old, mature, smart animals. Well, I don't care for you to hunt those anyways because I don't like to eat them. I know you don't, but I want to put something... On, on what wall? This reload office wall, apparently, because <laughs> I can't put nothing else in our house. All right, well, let's take a break, and on the other side, let's talk some more about this. Let's jump straight into these cuts, this butchering of whitetails, and, or anything else, for that matter, that you can use these same cuts off of. So stick around. We'll see you on the other side. What's up, y'all? Are you guys tired of going to the grocery store and getting subpar meat selections? Well, get ready, because I'm about to hand you the keys to the kingdom, y'all. Go to HaltmanFamilyMeats.com and you can choose any of their prime, top grade beef, chicken, pork, you name it selections. They've got amazing prices and not to mention, you can use code TRP21, save 15% off already incredible prices. Brisket, skirt steak, you name it, fillets, bone marrow, they've got it all. Check it out right now, guys. HaltmanFamilyMeats.com. You won't regret it because the TRP crew says so. All right, guys. So we are back from the break, and it's time to get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast right now. And something I was the reason I wanted to talk about this is I've been. I feel like I've come full circle yeah. with 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 my, my cooking experience. You know, I got into cooking that light has been lit under you again. Yeah, yeah. I think you, know, so. you were kind of burnout for a while. I think so. Exploring other avenues and stuff. And now you're like back to your, your roots. It is. Yeah. And I'm really jazzed up to change up my butchering and cooking styles this year on wild game. And not only that, like your followers and reloads followers and stuff have, have, and even you guys listening, I've received so many messages of you guys liking us talking about this stuff. Um, and just the requests for you, like on your YouTube channel and on your page and people are messaging about wanting these uh, recipes and uh, techniques and stuff like that or thanking you for your butchering series is really kind of sparked within me as well to kind of um, nurture that in you because that is your passion. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's how Reload was spawned. Like Reload was born from well, that. So, I mean. Well, and the thing is too is – I want my kids to enjoy hunting with me, but I want them to enjoy because this is why I enjoy hunting. There's many, many reasons why I enjoy hunting. Damn, girl, you just took that to the head. I want a bush apple. Okay, but there's many reasons that I enjoy hunting, but the most important reason that I enjoy hunting is the food. Yeah. That's, that's what really drives me to get out there. More than anything. And I will say, like, something that I've noticed from, you know, because I manage our YouTube account, like, the trends, like, we talked about this, but the trends with the YouTube channel, we have some great recipes, some really um, unique recipes with Wild Game, but just because of the way the algorithm and search bars and things like that go, people aren't searching, like we talked about, buffaloed, squirreled, squirrel, or something. Yeah. I can't, I can't even say it. <laughs> um, buffaloed, squirreled. Um, so... You know, th- there comes like what a, a str- like a strategy to it where you know we need to put out some basic recipes as well. Which I mean, because you, you can't. Well, okay, no, it's it's like this. You we can't ask, beat a good traditional recipe. You can't, but in this journey that I've gone on, you know, over the past, 
I don't know, 10 years or so, I look back at some of those episodes. I look back at some of those videos and I see those recipes. I see the butchering style and I go, man, I'm so much better now. I know. Yeah. You know, when you, cause you were calling like the aorta a ventricle and well, I'll still, <laughs> I'll still, I'll still do that. You know, <laughs> the ventriclases are, yeah, ventricle balls. Uh, <laughs> but, but it's, it's, it's like, uh, how do I say this? Going through the, uh, being a wild game, self-proclaimed wild game chef. Yeah. Then going down this whole barbecue route mm-hmm. and fine dining route back to wild game. Oh yeah. I mean, like I've, it really can help you jazz things up. I've there. learned so much. Mm-hmm. And then I was watching, um, well, we'll get into that in a minute, but, but yeah, so I know these, all these different parts of the animal. So it, uh, parts on a cow, much bigger, larger things that I would, you know, wasn't finding on a deer, but they're there. Yeah. So like a tri-tip for instance, it is itty bitty but it's so like it's tender. so good a venison tri-tip is delicious mm-hmm. i never paid attention to it now, how many tri-tips are on a deer too? two okay yeah um and something that we actually have not done yet is like finding the, the flank steak on a deer yeah well i mean so you know you have um inside of the deer next to the tenderloins there is a section of meat under the ribs right there once you peel the in the um the fillets out basically mm-hmm. the inner fillets well, that's basically filet mignon. Okay. Um, in, inside the cavity that we call them the inner tendies. The inner tendies. Okay. Yeah. You peel those out, and then right beside that, it's a little uh thing, and that's fl- that's flanks flank steak. That's mm-hmm. flank meat right there that you can peel out. And that's what I'm saying. Like before, it would just be. Steak. And I never, I never knew. What like it was. we would label it steak, steak, steak. No some steak. St- yes. Okay. Exactly. But yeah. now that we've got like okay, flank steak, uh, sirloin, stuff like that. Uh-huh. Like now it's like boom, it like sparks a bunch of different ideas for recipes a that thousand we can percent. put out. And some of the stuff you just can't. Okay. I mean some things are just too thin. There's not the, the fat's not there and the mass isn't there. But whitetail has a brisket. I've never mm-hmm. it's it's a little bitty thing. Yeah. But I'm gonna get it this year. Well there's T bone too, which I don't know if that's even worth doing uh, because it's just little tiny pieces like you got a little bit of piece of the tenderloin that's with like the, that's like when you, if you just want to like impress or when, something yeah when you do uh what do they call venison lollipops uh-huh when you got the venison backstrap connected to the rib like bone. a tomahawk yeah i mean it's literally uh what two inches around like a half ounce steak yeah the, <laughs> depending on how thick you cut it if you want to be fancy there it is but it's to me that's not worth the effort. Yeah, because you're, I mean, you're really going at it with your blade, uh, trying to French the, the bones. Yeah. Now, on, on a cow, it's 100% worth the effort. Of course, you're using heavier machinery to, mm-hmm. to do it as well. But there's some things that are worth it, some things that are not. You know, one of the first things that I want to do again with Wild Game. Okay. I know you're not going to like this. Is the liver. Oh. Now, the first time you made liver, you soaked it in some milk. Yep. Uh, kind of drew a lot of the blood out because, I mean, it is, it's a blood filtering organ. Um, drew a lot of blood out and stuff like that. That wasn't bad, but it wasn't like delectable like everything else that we've made. So, yeah. I mean, so, why, to me, like, why eat it? Well, okay. So, I got inspired by this dude on uh, YouTube and it was, I think it's called Teach, Teach a Man to Fish. And he was going through a liver recipe and he, he got this. Goya sauce. So, okay. I've, yeah. Uh, hey, got some, got that. Had some garlic, some onion stuff, all that jazz in there. He chopped up a leek and then he chopped up some mushrooms and he sauteed that all together with the Goya sauce in um, a skillet and kind of made this like roux-esque thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Roux or something maybe. I don't know. Um, and then he diced up, he diced up the liver into tiny little, I'm talking half inch bites, right? And then he just seared, made a space, seared it in that cast iron, and rolled it around. And he he wanted it. He, he cut a piece open, and it was at that medium rare, mm-hmm. little bit of pink left in the liver. And that's what he was saying with the. Well, he liver. mix it with other, like veggies and stuff, or no, nah, just, just just the sauce. Okay, you know he. Oh yeah, at the end of the day, he did like some cilantro and a little bit of horseradish on top uh-huh. of there, and then he had some stuff on the side. I don't, I don't remember it at all, but just the base itself. I think if what what we did with the liver. We tried it fried, and then we tried making a pate, pate and the which, pate was like rotten asshole. It was it was like raw meat milkshake. Oh, so fucking Oh, so disgusting. I don't think I'll ever go back to a pate yet. 
I have um, no desire to. No desire. It was one of the worst things I've ever made and smelled and tasted in my yeah, entire life. Yeah. But here's the thing. This is where this is where I have trouble because there's two ways to look at this. Um, whenever, you know, as we dabble with wild game cooking and stuff like that, I see two ways. And I like both ways, but one's just better. And, and it is, I'm going to make this recipe to utilize this meat in the most non-disgusting way possible. So I'm going to take this liver and I'm mm-hmm. going to coat it in sauce and all these flavors to hide what the liver actually tastes like just so it's edible and I get the protein and the, and the nutritional benefits of it. True. I mean, you put it with super, some fried it's, rice. It's a superfood. Yeah, you cover it in teriyaki sauce and some ballistic or sesame seeds, whatever. Oh, yeah. And yeah, some fried rice. It sounds really good, doesn't it? Um, but really, are you getting liver taste or... or For me, I don't don't want to say liver because I don't really like it, but heart. Heart is delicious, okay? So you can cover heart in all these flavors and sauces and marinades, or you could fry it, okay? So you could fry it up and dip it in our, like, creamy horseradish sauce, right? Yep. Are you really getting the heart taste? Or, I mean, like I said, there's two ways. You either mask it all to make it edible, or are you really highlighting the flavor such as your heart recipe where you saute it with garlic and onions and red wine. But I don't think, I don't think there's a bad, that's bad either way. And I think you're right because think about uh, like, the point like is, orange the, chicken. The point is using it. Or like Kung Pao. I know I'm using a lot of Asian recipes, but stuff like that. I mean, the flavor, the flavors of the dish are really overpowering the actual also flavor have, of the protein. You, you also have to think about, especially the liver and the heart, those two cuts of meat, the texture behind them. Yeah. Now so, I enjoy the texture. So that's of the part heart. that's part of the experience is I'm getting this texture as well from the meat that I'm eating. Yeah. Like some people don't like filet. But because heart it's just too, tastes so good. Oh, it is good. I'm gonna tell but you guys right now. Is, I'm, tell, I'm, I'm, just, I'm gonna interrupt you. Huh. Li- you guys listening right now, if you're a hunter, save every heart you've got. And if you have friends that are hunters, friends or family, and chances are they're not saving it, tell them. Save the heart for me. A thousand percent. If I tell them, if I ever know anybody's going elk hunting, I ask them to save the heart. Save for me, me the heart. That's all I want. Yeah, it's 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 often thrown in the gut pile, uh, mm-hmm. thrown out for the wolves. I did it for years. Coyotes for yeah. years. Save it. Mm-hmm. It it's this because is the- we sit there and we ra- like ration them out in our freezer. We're like, oh, I tell them like, Joel, we have like one left, and it's tiny. It's like a little tiny doe heart. <laughs> like, oh. We need to get some more in there. It's so good. Well, uh, we have a new plan for our um, the CWD area down in West Tennessee that we okay. that we hunt. So any deer that are taken down there, I'm going to be saving those hearts for sure. As soon as it comes back as a negative, negative, whatever, it'll be there to, to yeah. consume. Um, last thing on the liver. Yeah. Well, I, what what are your inspirations on them? Like, what are I want to do classic liver and onion. I want, That's a good idea. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, I want really to, purge the blood out of it, though. I, when, when we fried it that one time, it was too chewy. Mm-hmm. I think we either need to cut it thinner. I, I just feel like I can't give up on this just because I had one bad experience. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll give it another shot as long wanna, as you're not grinding it up in a blender. We're not pateing. Okay. <laughs> All right, so... The next, All right, so what are you just, you're going to do? Liver and onions, just uh, that's maybe the, like you did the heart. Well, that's classic. Classic liver and onions is is a, a normal thing, but I want to try um, coating it into a sauce. I want to, you know, maybe throwing it over a bed of rice, putting it inside, um, um, pairing it with like a starchy thing to me, like maybe mm. some polenta or something. Well, that's the thing is, it liver is that down home, you know, it's a meat and potatoes kind of cut. It's, it's something. I mean, it's bold in flavor. It's, it's coppery. Yeah. But there's ways that you can clean it out. I saw this guy where he would take the the sprayer from his sink, and he would. There's a little port on the back of the liver where it connects to. The, <laughs> what? Port. I don't know what the frick it's called. Is it portal? A ventricle, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, a uh, duct or something maybe. I don't know. Well, it's yeah. it's where the main blood supply comes in. Yeah. And he would just hose water in there, and uh-huh. you, you'd watch the liver tighten up. They turn it and let it drain. That's unbelievable. And then he, they do it yeah. again, and he massage it, and, and he did that like five or six times because it is kind of dense. Yeah, he do that like five or six times, and that, so he he explained it like a tree. You got these arteries that go through the liver. Uh huh. That that looks like a tree. He's splaying his fingers yeah, out. Yeah, I'm splaying them out. If you can't see. Uh, and he said you're gonna fill those up, and you're gonna let them drain out, and, and just keep going back and forth, kind of rinsing them. You're out. never gonna get it all out. It's always gonna have that con- little bit of that coppery mm-hmm. blood 
taste to it. But, but you know, like organ meat for a turkey or a chicken, I enjoy those those rich but flavors. They're smaller bites. I know. Yeah. You know, so you can get and, and they're a white meat the, the animal. Oh yes, yeah, for sure. But I thought you were like saying the liver was white meat. No, sure, I don't know what I. But all right, well, let's move on from those. Something else that I want to do this year, and I've seen it. I've seen it so many times, and I've never collected it. Okay, is call fat. I know. I've seen that, uh, especially on Meat Eater. Yeah, um, that's where I got it. Now that's they where use I that to it. like wrap. Isn't isn't that what they do? They wrap things with it. You, or? Yeah, you can take these lean cuts. I watched uh, Steve Rinella one time. He wrapped a heart in call fat. Put it on, put put it on a stick, and then roasted it over. Okay, a fire. so where do you get the call fat? So when you slice open, when you're field dressing an animal, and you slice open the the stomach, okay. and you get in there. To Are you the really animal. slicing the stomach open? Not the stomach, stomach, the cavity. The, okay, okay. Yes, yeah, to, to expose the the organs. Okay. Um, you will see a spidery membrane in there that kind of wraps around all the intestines, and it's and, actual fat, and it's call, call it's call fat. Yeah. Okay. And you can collect that. And it's a sheet. And if I'm holding it up. It's, it's almost like a, two, two a, a foot, sweater. But, yeah. Or a little, a little shawl. Like a shawl, yeah. It's chinchilla. No, uh, but it's uh, it's probably two feet by two feet, depending on how much you, okay. the, the animal you're yeah. getting it from. But it's it's like it's it crisps and crackles and melts like bacon. So is this like, like bacon ma- fat? Wood. I was wondering, like, is this like making a, like a pork rind? You know, I don't know. I've never had. What's it. the point of harvesting it? Like, what do you use it for? You can use it to take these lean cuts because most wild game is super lean. Mm-hmm. That cull fat can provide a lot of good nutrition and a lot of moistness to those lean cuts. So it like easily renders mm-hmm. down. It renders down very easy. Can you chew through it? After you've cooked with it, or is it something that you unwrap and then eat? I don't know. I know we got to get into this. I don't know, but that's the thing is that's what I want to try. I want to get this and try it. And, and guys, if you're listening and you have answers to this, yeah, hit please, us up. Let's that go. Reload Podcast uh, or that Reload Life for Joel, uh, hit us up because this is a feat that I we're know, about to, to take out. One guy that I know that is Tennessee fishing fanatic. Yeah. On Instagram, mm-hmm. that guy makes great videos. He lives on a farm. If you haven't, if you don't know, check that guy out. TN fishing fanatic. Um, he was messaging me the other day, and he was saying he he is he has harvested the cold fat. He just hasn't done it in a long time. But but he has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his name's Travis. Yeah. So, um, anyways, the reason I'm bringing all this up is we're at the start of hunting season. And so many, and I'm not saying so much, you know, honor the animal or whatever. Well, but yeah, that's part Maybe, of the satisfaction of it. Yes and no, because listen, I have come around full circle. We're getting, we're, we're going down a deep rabbit hole here. Right, okay. I was do? sitting on the couch the other I'm day. I'm just sitting here with my pumpkin roll. And I watch these hunters on the social media and they'll lay their hands on the deer bow their head it just seems so fake and revere yes you know and look i got do feel it inside i some people do i get it and i think about that and i tried to be that person for a while but you're the one that's like yeah and you're like pumping yeah i'm jazzed your bow in the air and you're high-fiving and fist bumping people i'm glad that mother's dead you know why which a lot of people think is disrespectful but that's just like hell yeah you get to call your wife and your kids and say i'm bringing home dinner yeah why do i gotta cry about it okay the thing is (laughs) feel bad <laughs> well I, was, I literally was sitting on the couch the other day and i was thinking to myself why do people do that for the gram i guess well it's because they want to do you ju- think they did that before pictures do you think they literally no no now i will not that listen, listen there's i don't know you listen no you listen <laughs> go ahead no there's nothing wrong with that i think it's great to honor the animal we honor the animal by eating every little bit of that thing mm. but i and i think it's great but it's just not how you celebrate it it's not, but God gave me the animal. I respect God, and I respect the animal in that in that um, capacity. But Compassion, that, but that no, the capacity okay. of, of of the fact that God gave me that animal, okay. and that animal is food. Mm. It's food. Tasty. I respect that. I need it here. I respect that. I want to keep it around, and I respect that. I am going to do the things that I need to do to make that so. But at the end of the day. When I see that deer hanging out there or I see that turkey or that boar, it's not oh, reverence. It's mm, lunch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's 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 how I look at yeah. it. I start seeing meals yeah. walking across the freaking field. Yeah. And that's and that's how I'm, I'm always call my wife. She could be so proud. That's right. And then she she's gonna let me bed her. <laughs> 
stop. Uh, antler in one hand. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I was about to go down something. Uh, that. All right, but but yeah. So out 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 of that rabbit hole. That's that's what I, I reason I kind of want to talk about this because there's so much food. Yeah. Left behind. Yeah, you don't have to go to the processor and be like, I want ground, I want sausage, and I want backstrap. That's it. And you know what? I used to get crazy butt hurt. Like, remember that one time we were we got down that we were processing, got down to the bottom of the cooler, and there was freaking deer shit in the bottom. Yeah, a little few pellets, and it had mm-hmm. filled up with water. You can't eat it. I was so butthurt about it. And I, I felt like I just and I did. I wasted a ton of food. You it ruined I, your day. Well, it was improper. First of all, like that was a couple, like, at least over a hundred meals right there. Yeah, in that cooler. Um, and, and we I, contemplated, do we eat it? Do we take the risk? And, and ultimately, you don't want you, we have two little guys to protect. But you right. said something that night. And this uh-huh. is forever going. It stuck with me. Okay. Because I was so upset about wasting the meat. You were like, I killed this for no reason. You said, nature's going to eat it. That's right. Bugs are going to eat it. The yodis mm-hmm. are going to eat it. So and It's not going to lay there and disintegrate. Like, something's going to come up on it and birds, be like, hallelujah. Bugs. And what happened later? Because guess what? A bird's going to roll up on that and be like, I don't have to chew through hair. Carl, get over here. Yeah. We got a whole face. Melinda. <laughs> Melinda. <laughs> That's his wife. Yeah. Um, but really, like, it's a prepared meal. It's not going to go to waste. Something is going to eat and benefit from the nutrition of that meat. And it's... It, it, you weren't throwing it in a dumpster. But it's... it's Man, we have really gone down a, a crazy rabbit hole we here. We have. From that way from, we're going to circle this back in. But it's social media and people... That have put that in the mind of, and it's not okay. You to should ki- feel bad for killing that. Yeah, it's not. A, it's not okay to kill something and leave it. No, no. All right, and you don't. But, I know you get excited about the rack, but you don't ever just kill it for the trophy. Like mm. there, it's a double. It's just like mm. catching a giant fish. Like mm. you want it to be a bigger one. Always. Just, it's just like a woman finding them. You know, you want it to be a bigger one. Betting a man. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> story of your life. That's right. All right. Well, let's, let's get back to it. Uh, we got get past cold fat and all that jazz. I want to change up my butchering style a little bit. Okay. Um, like those cuts I was telling you about. So are we getting a little bit more like defined when we vacuum seal? Like this is going to be this cut and this cut. A thousand percent. Okay. Um, too many, too many times have we taken taken cuts and just labeled it as steak or mm-hmm. this. I want to be more intentional as in this is going to be, I can't think of a fancy. Well, word. this has been highly requested on your YouTube channel or yeah. reloads YouTube channel and your page, like getting messages is help us with the cuts. That's the thing is most people because of the size difference, mm-hmm. they can't tell what something is. They don't know that that's an eye of round. Yeah. They don't know that's the tri tip. Mm-hmm. They don't know that that's a uh, um, uh, a flank steak. Yeah. So it's being able to pull those pieces off and say, here are your cuts. The, and once you, and that opens up a huge door. Once I know that this is um, a top round, I know what to do with it. Yeah. As mo- most, most cooks. You know how, what temperature to cook it at. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, for sure. Um, but there's, I, I was watching. But uh, you, go ahead. Well, no, you. no. What's pertinent about this, and you talking about your journey, about what's going to happen, is that you're going to be sharing this with everybody to help everyone else yes. out. Yes, it's This it's, isn't a journey you're going on alone. The Reload Rub YouTube channel is about to get packed with a lot of great content. So if you haven't subscribed already, go and do it. Uh, it's uh, youtube.com slash C slash Reload Rub Seasoning. And you can just look up Reload if you, Rub if, on Instagram and you'll show up. That's I'm it. sorry, on YouTube. Yeah, but um, we're about to get a lot deeper and getting back to our roots on what got us into this line of business to begin with. So, Stacey left. She's getting a, a bush apple and I'm sitting here by myself. But the next thing, I was watching this episode of Meat Eater. I believe it's uh, the newest season. And... He was in Texas. They shot a whitetail, and they were taking this this layer of meat off of the ribs. And yeah, because you usually leave the ribs hanging. Yeah, I, on, on the carcass. I usually don't mess with them at all because mm-hmm. just the tiny bit of meat that I would mean, be in between the. I have cut between the ribs, and I've ground that up. You know, mm-hmm. but what I'm finding, and this is where I'm talking about, and this is listen, all you hunters out there, listen to this. This is where 
I have learned through barbecuing mm-hmm. what slow and slow can do for venison to something that's tough. Yeah. So imagine you're, so if you're looking at the rib cage, imagine you are running your hands up with all of the ribs laying on your hand, mm-hmm. all of them going across your hand, not just one individual. And they take their knife kind of uh, parallel. I skim it. And they skimmed the top of those rib bones, and they got this it, sheet. It almost looks. Steve Rinella called it a meat sheet. It's a meat <laughs> sheet. It almost looked like what a nicely trimmed pork belly looks like, but thinner, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So obviously, it's going to be smaller, but it's a nice rectangular sheath of yeah. meat, pretty thin. But see, the thing is, I would never mess with that because of, there was there's a little bit of silver skin on it. Yeah, you're like that's gonna be tough. Like, yeah, what am I gonna I, do with that? What am I gonna it's do? It's gonna dry out L- super quick. Literally, what am I gonna do with this? And 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 I, because I had my mind wrapped around steak, that I looked at every cut on the damn deer back in the day as a piece of steak, and I got to grill it. You know, no, you don't. There's the the braising and slow cooking processes you can do with venison is out of this freaking world Mm -hmm. now my favorite recipe that you make is kind of similar to this um you actually use either steak or backstrap and you pound it out tenderize Mm -hmm. it super super thin and you stuff it with ingredients Mm -hmm. and you roll it up into steak pinwheels and i'm telling you it is Mm mind-blowing that delicious i mean it is so good no gamey taste whatsoever just delicious clean meat and this when you showed me this on the new meat eater um season very much reminded me of this, but go ahead and tell them what they rolled that into. So, uh, uh, what was it? I showed it to you. Was, uh, was it a rumelade? A ger- uh, no, it's a, ger- a German. It's a German style. Not rumelade. That's like a yeah. sauce. It was a German Anyways. demogorgon or something. <laughs> <laughs> they, they basically took this thing out, man. They laid uh, they laid raw strips of bacon on it. Okay. They, they salted the whole, me- whole piece of meat. Uh, laid strips of bacon on it. Then they did stone ground mustard. They did jalapenos. They did um, uh, onions. And then they wrapped, they rolled it up and trussed the whole thing. They braised it. They grilled it hot, real hot, hot and fast. And then they put it in a Dutch oven and they let it stew with some sort of sauce that they didn't, they didn't tell what the sauce was they were stewing it in. But they stood in there for like six hours and it was just this piece of meat that I would have thought would have been chewy. And they even said, I thought I was going to have to fight this piece of meat. It was butter. So my goal, I want to do more with neck meat. I want to do more with these tough cuts that we, me and you never really do a lot with. These, the front shoulders, the shanks, all that stuff. It's time that we utilize that stuff more. There's so well, many. Not only that, Jeremy is like all gung-ho about doing some of these over the fire. Yeah. You know, like Trosco style and um, like laying the. Uh, uh, that is a goal. I do. Yeah. I do want to shoot a young doe and I want to cook the whole damn thing mm-hmm. over a freaking the brio out there. Yeah. Just turning that mother. I'll, I'll, I'll weld something together <laughs> so we can roll it around. Yeah. Um, I couldn't figure out what the name of it was. It was like this German thing. But basically, did you say what they were stuffing it with? Yeah. Yeah. I went through all that. How did I miss that? I don't know. You said like the onions and the mm -hmm. jalapenos and all that? Yep. I had just really checked out. You're a normal little world. But Tinder. But for all of my hunters out there and and the non-hunters listening to this, these are the things that if you want to get into hunting, this is the kind of stuff that you can do on your own. And this meat is the best meat you're ever going to eat. Cleanest, no, no antibodies, none of that jazz. So if you like what you hear, I want y'all to stick around because we're going to take a break. And on the other side, we're going to talk a little more details about this. A couple of more um, exotic cuts I want to get into. Yeah, put it on your list. And we're going to talk some temperatures. So we'll see you on the other side. My friends, if you're listening to this show and you've not tried Reload Rub and Seasoning, you're doing a disservice to you and your food. Guys, if you want to be that person who ups their culinary game, Reload Rub and Seasoning has got everything you need to do that. You want to be a better barbecuer? Reload Rub's got you. You want to be that person at campsite that's cooking awesome food and being a badass chef? Reload Rub's got you. You want to take your wild game to the next level? Reload Rub has got you. So head to ReloadRub.com right now. You can use coupon code TRP21 and get free shipping off your entire order. Go there right now. Pick up everything you need to ensure that your food is the best food that you or anybody else has ever tasted. ReloadRub.com. 
Okay, we're back. Um, we're going to continue on with the harvest list, stuff that you guys need to put on your list of things to take from the animal this year. Um, I'm going to start with one, one that I'm super interested in. You're interested in or you're interested in me? I'm interested in this one. I am. I, and okay. actually, um, you know, there's so many health proponents to this. I and it's, I don't think I know what you're talking uh, about. Bone broth. Oh. So, you know, when we're done with, you know, butchering out the animal and stuff, and we've got like the leg meat, or I'm sorry, the leg bones and all the Legs. different bones. Um, we, we need to be saving those and roasting those bones with, and then, you know, making our own bone broth with I that. Know. You know you, so save those bones. I think about. Don't give them to Fido. I think about all the years I've been hunting and how much, how many things I could have been accomplishing. All the time. Not only that, like not only being able to take that, a lot of people when they're, a lot of people take those, like drink it for nutritional benefits daily. A lot of people use that when they're sick. Um, and, and for us, instead of buying freaking chicken stock, like mm-hmm. we could go and get our own bone broth. Word. With packed full of flavor and nutrients. The real so, deal. Save your bones. Save your bones, y'all. Save your bones. But um, what I thought you were going to say was... The testicles. Well, that requires uh, you killing a buck. <laughs> <laughs> so we know that's not going to happen. Um, I've had a pair of testicles sitting in my freezer for two years now, right? I think that's an understatement. Is it? It's w- been longer than that. We've talked about serving these up, and we just have not done it yet. I'm scared of them. I want to eat balls. Oh. But it's something I'm like that, afraid it's gonna like spring open and like squirt. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's gonna have like a bite to it and be like like a gusher. Everyone talks about they're so good, and I haven't tried them, but I'm I'm doing it this year. Okay, good or bad, I'm even doing, though they've been in the freezer for five years. Well, I mean, I'll just eat them, and you know, we'll see how it goes. What are you supposed to do? Like, I'm do you more, cook them all the way through? I'm more concerned about the texture on these. A lot of people scampy them. They'll do garlic and butter and that kind of jazz, and just you know, saute them up. In the in a skillet, and then slice them you up know, and eat them. If you served it on like so, an open shell, like an oyster, it probably wouldn't be much different. I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, but like some people actually fry them. I know. Uh, no, but then, then at the same time, like goes back to what I was saying. Like you're covering it in breading. That's true. You're just having like you're, a, a, you're a nugget eat, from like Captain D's or something. You're eating a nut, to eat a nut. <laughs> <laughs> Nuts and butts. Mm, chock full of peckers and lips. Okay. Um, and then the very last thing that I want to do, and John, uh, the wild game cook, he's the one that got me to harvest this very first one that we never ate, but it's the tongue. Okay. Like tongue tacos? Yeah. They're so tiny. You're going to get like one taco out of well, it. Well, you just got to, you know, take several. Get a tongue. <laughs> get deer camp to give you all the tongues. But that's the thing. And they're so easy to... To, to get, like right underneath the, the, the bottom of the jaw. Mm-hmm. You just got this big soft area. You know, I'm kind of poking on mine now. Um, but you can just take your knife, make a little slit, and get in there and just do a, a two or three okay. cuts, and the whole thing just so falls out. So is that something that we would cook up and shred? You have, well, no. Or are you going to dice it up and, like, saute it? No, because, well, first of all, you have to boil it. You have to boil it until the, the tongue, the sheath, like the little membrane comes well, off of it. Well, you know, you have your tongue and it's a thick, you know, outer layer. They call it a sheath. It'll kind of pop loose from the meat. Oh. And so once you boil it, you can see you'll have that 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 space between the tongue and the meat itself. Mm-hmm. You can cut it and peel it away and then there's your meat that you can, oh. you know, from there do whatever you need to do with it. So you boil it. Mm-hmm. Okay. At that point, it would be cooked through, right? I think so. I've never done it. Just toss some, like, reload on top and get it on a cracker. <laughs> the little spritz and spritz. Yeah. Lemon juice? I don't know. Oh, hey. Uh, something else that I want to try um, mm-hmm. is some raw venison. Mm-hmm. Um, again, shouting back out to the meat eater. Steve Ranella. Steve Ranella. They uh, did. They took the filet. Now, this looked good. Now, you told me about this, but when I watched it. I know. It sounds gross. They, yeah. And, and they, thinking about it, but they took the filets, the intertendies, and they minced them up really tiny. And mm-hmm. then they. Little mi- tiny ball. It's, it, this is a Texas dish. Um, that uh, that they said was created in Texas. Yeah, had that in a bowl. They, they mix it with shredded cheese. They, they had like coarsely fresh shredded cheese in there. Some, yeah, some cilantro, some jalapenos. Um, he had diced some, pickled jalapenos in mm, there. And then they put did some fresh lime or lemon. Fresh no, lemon. it was fresh lim- lime juice. Lime juice, okay. And they put that shiz on a cracker. And I'm telling a you. A Ritz, a Ritz cracker. I know, and it looked so good. 
They did. And and all the guys were saying, if you didn't know what this was, you'd you love would it. love this. But if you knew what it was, you probably wouldn't. Yeah, you'd probably, well, you wouldn't put it in your mouth. Yeah, that's true. It looked awesome. But do you think you got that like cheddar cheese and you've got the pickled jalapenos and then you got the acidic lime juice think, added with that? Think about this. You take a little cream cheese, mix it in with that jazz. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, more of like a, like a, like a, mm. you know, you would take a cream cheese ball and put bacon and stuff. It in would it. be like a deconstructed, uh, venison popper. Maybe. Yeah. There you go. A jalapeno popper. Yep. Yeah. That'd That's be it. good. One thing you did not mention, which I was quite shocked at, uh, something that you want to harvest this year, which I have not done any type of research on was kidneys. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which has got to be tiny. I, they're, they're decent. I'm holding up like a, like, like a Cadbury egg Like size. an Oreo? Yeah, okay. whatever. I almost harvested, harvested, harvested a set um, two years ago. What's so, I mean, like to me, I don't understand from a nurse perspective why that would be a nutritional benefit. Okay, so check it out. Um, oh, I don't know. I guess, I mean, organ meat's organ meat, but that's. I know that organ meat itself is a superfood. It is any time throughout history, the the coveted cuts was liver, heart, brain, and kidneys. When I, especially with Native Americans, um, those and animals, animals will do the same thing. You see, an animal kills another animal. It goes from the back end and it gets the stuff inside first. It goes after those things because it's the most nutrient dense mm. part of the animal. Mm. Um, and I just want to know. What those taste like. I'm enamored. Mm-hmm. Like, I think about bear. I've never had bear. Mm-hmm. And I don't really care to hunt a bear. Like, I have this, uh, um, I don't know. I see a bear. I don't really want to kill it. Mm-hmm. But I want to know what it tastes like. Does that make sense? You've never tasted bear? Never had bear. Hmm. Ever. So. We need to get some bear. Any of you guys got any bear you can send us? Melissa, wildlife women. She said if she's going on a bear hunt, she said, I told her I'd trade her some reload for a little bit of bear meat. So Ooh, yeah. She said she was in. We can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, these are the cuts. Guys, if you're hunting, go ahead, put them on your list, save them. You might be like, I don't know. But when Joel posts a, a delicious looking recipe, you can be like, Sure, I'm glad I saved that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's it. Go ahead and save that. So now comes two. Let's go ahead. Mm. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about, um, I was about to get ahead of myself, but I did want to talk to you about um, internal temperatures of venison because okay. the thing with venison, even any game meat, with as lean as it is, you don't want to undercook it and you don't want to overcook it. I'm- and the most important is you don't want to overcook it. So- Something that I don't really see, you know, we're all over the hunting community when it comes to like people that we follow and, and, you know, watch and listen to. I never see many people talking about, you must have an internal, internal thermometer or like our Thermoworks um, MK4. Uh, a quick read. A sensitive, a sensitive. A, a very sensitive, high quality internal thermometer that you can use on your meats. And I feel like, you know, when we always cooked it before, it was by feel or by look or by time. And I feel like I did a, a better game- job too sometimes. Yeah, but this is it's a game changer. So to me, we like to eat our stuff like medium rare. Mm-hmm. What am I wanting to shoot for when it comes to like steak style? So rule of thumb that you want to just keep in mind with anything that's a, a steak cut mm-hmm. is you have to remember that. You can't get this well done. No, you have to remember that this meat isn't like a uh, a beef steak that has going to have that fat. Like intramuscular fat that's running yeah, throughout the, mar- the meat marbling to, to and lubricate it. And- to keep it moist when you screw it up. So you have a little more leeway with those kind of cuts. With wild game, you don't have that. It's it's either you nail it or you don't. Mm-hmm. And um, you can ruin it and it's just going to be going out quick. into the backyard. It flashes. The carryover, if you get it to a certain a certain point, and then you let it carry over, it's you. It's just going to keep going, and it's going to be that really dry, chewy piece of meat that people don't really like to eat. My rule of thumb is keep keep your finish temp. I'm talking after it's rested, 140 and below. Mm-hmm. A 140 to 120. Um, and that's even for, like, your big roasts that you smoke. Everything. Yeah. Now, if I'm going to do a big roast, let's say I've got, like, a sirloin tip, mm-hmm. um, top round, something like that. I'll be on the higher side of it, probably 135, 140 Just so you can slice it thinly for like some sandwiches, mm-hmm. slider, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, because you don't want it, when you're when you're 
smoking something or roasting something, you don't want that like fillet texture yeah. to it. You know, you want a little bit of, of, of pull, a little bit of bite to it. So like when I do a sirloin tip, um, which is like a football cut, it looks, it looks like a little football mm-hmm. out of the rear hind corner. When I smoke those, I will actually let those get to about 140, 145 done temperature. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when I slice them, they're nice and pink, but they're not like jiggly. You know what I mean? Yeah. All the way through. The outside will be a, like a little bit more done than the than the rest, but once you get into the meat potatoes of, of the cut, it's fantastic. All right, backstrap though. What are you finishing at? One twenty. Okay. I've even I've even ate it at one fifteen. Yeah. I know it's you a little. I know you don't like that. Yeah. But I don't mind it. So anything. Yeah, I'm thinking between one twenty one thirty. Well, here's how I look at it. Because it doesn't have the supporting cast of the fat, anything that you would cook your beef to, go five. At least five degrees less, less yeah. on the finish. Uh, that's resting temp because you got to have carryover. You got to think about carryover. So if I'm if I pull it at one fifteen, mm-hmm. when it rests, it's going to be about one twenty. And and I know this is blasphemy, and what I'm about to say is really going to like knock you off your rocker as well as Jeremy's when he listens to this. Mm. But when I was pregnant and I could not eat medium rare steak, mm-hmm. I still you you never like really overcooked it to like shoe leather. But I still ate a medium well, no. well done venison steak. What I did with you is I cut that stuff super thin. Okay. So it's ten. We took a really tender. So it cut. wasn't like I was chewing through an inch of like dried meat. Yes. So mm-hmm. I took a really tender cut for you, and then I cut it super thin. Yeah. And then I just seasoned it, tossed it around, so you were still getting. And I'd eat it a, with that gorgonzola butter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I didn't eat it with the gorgonzola butter. I don't know what you ate it with. Gorzin, I think it was, because <laughs> I couldn't have gorgonzola. Yeah. Um, no, but I really, I even enjoyed venison then. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, where are we? Oh, but anyways, as far as the temperatures go, those are target temps. You, if you, ha- you have to babysit wild game cuts. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're roasting something, here's here's what people are going to be like, well, what about when you roast something for six hours and you're not hitting those target temps? Mm-hmm. When I'm roasting something, there's a breakdown in there. So I'm putting in a... Yeah, the, that uh, silver skin and like well, cartilage think, and stuff like that's breaking down and and mm-hmm. slowly so, rendering in there. And you're, and you're cooking it in a lot of juices, yeah. which is helping aid... Yeah. In the moisture of the cut. For instance, shanks. And that's another, that's actually another cut we didn't talk about was save the shanks. Yeah. And the shank, if you're wondering what that is on the rear, on the rear quarters and the, and the front legs at the very bottom, basically the calf muscle of the, of the, Mm -hmm. of the animal is this little bulbous cut, which is the calf muscle that you can cut right there at the knee and you have the bone attached to it. And it's a very like fibrous. It's got a lot of connective tissue running through it. And it has to be slow cooked. Yeah. You're not going to just grill his buddy up. Yeah, you're going to throw it in a Dutch oven with a bunch of liquid. Mm-hmm. Veggies, or, you stuff like ba- that. or you can put it in a baking dish. Crock pot. Yeah, and let it roll. One, mm-hmm. one of those things. But with liquid. Yeah. So that it can break down properly. Think about a pork butt. A pork butt, you know, if you try to take it off. If I try to take, if I try to take a pork butt off of the smoker at 170. Yeah, you're not tearing that apart. That's ham. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If I... uh but when it when it gets to that 200, 202 mark, all that stuff inside of it starts breaking down and and letting go. You just like run your fingers through it. Mm. And it just falls apart. So it's the same thing though with, mm-hmm. with with any of these tough cuts. If you cook them long enough, all that stuff starts breaking down, including the meat, and it is more tender, especially adding the fats and the liquid to it. Another question would be, and it's something I don't, you might, we might have to revisit, it would be like with the ground meat. Say you're making like a venison meatloaf or venison burger, um, anything like that. Obviously, like if you're making ground burger, you're going to like brown it like we would. You don't temp, <laughs> you don't temp yeah. your ground meat. Yeah. Um, but like for a burger, ground meat, stuff like that, what are we shooting for there? So that's, that's, that's debatable. You know, um, I've never tempt my yeah. burger meat. I've always just cooked it and, you know, I, it is what it is. Um, not is what it is, but when I, you can open it up. It, mainly it's, it's well done, mm-hmm. you know, because you're not going to want to, in my opinion, have this, have wild game burger. Like a raw, like a ready. Not me. I don't yeah. think, I don't think the texture be right. I've always yeah. done mine just well done, but I'll do things like 
So temperature wise, I would say 160. Yeah. 160 between 160 and 170. Got something. I think you, 170 were probably a little too high maybe. personally, but yeah. But I we think we can experiment this season. But the thing is, though, I have had many dry brick burgers in my life. Um, I would say with a wild game burger, try to keep the patty, you know, thin. Don't make it where it's um, a big fat. You know, you're not going to get a big fat juicy burger out of wild game ground unless you mix fat in with it, like you know, uh, pork fat or bacon mm-hmm. or you know something else to to give it that help that structure so you can have you a nice one third pound burger. You could do like venison smash burgers. They'd probably just fall apart. Yeah. They just crumble well, apart. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Not if you mix it with some with some fat. I don't think it would. Cube up like a pork butt. But you do a nice quarter pound burger, you know, mix it with some bacon. I think it'd be pretty good. Yeah. I'm not think. I know because I had that. I used to have that. Epi- I used to have this YouTube channel called The Home Cooking Hunter. And uh, I had a, uh, a video called the A1 Bacon Buck Burger. Oh, yeah. Everybody loved that. It's delicious. It was a good we, burger. It's been a long time since we've made that, and oh. I think we can make it even better. And that's, that's something I didn't think about or didn't even say is if you take an, uh, a beaten egg with a ground venison and use half of a beaten egg to one pound of ground venison, that'll give you the tackiness you need to, to structure to hold that ground meat together. And then you can put whatever you want, you know, all that jazz on it. But I say, I think you're right. You 160 tops. On that burger, if you're if you're doing a, doing a thick one, if you're doing a thin quarter pound burger, you're gonna know. Mm-hmm. You're gonna know what it's done. Yeah, you get the crispies on both sides. Let it go a minute, two minutes each side. You're done. Yeah, so. I mean, it's safe to eat regardless. That's it. Well, you'll move. You'll move on. It's time. All right, we're gonna move on to the next segment. Well, me and Stacy, we're gonna be doing reload recommends by ourselves, and we don't have any anything else going, do we? That's no. it. No, I've got a listener submitted thing, so you better roll us into it. Well, fine. I guess we will do that. Forget the break. We're going to roll straight into it. Um, Let's do this right now. Let's roll straight into... Reload recommendations. Recommendations from Reload. Yeah, baby. That was deep. Getting in there. All right. So uh, recommendations this week. Stacey, you said you had a listener submitted one. Yep. Hit me with it. I do. Actually, we may want to save that one for last because it is a song. Oh, it is. Okay. It's a song. So, but I will start with mine. All right. Uh, My Reload Recommends uh, for this week is actually a show on Netflix. A lot of you may have already um, seen it. Um, It's been in the top 10. I think it came out a few weeks ago and it's called Clickbait. This show um, follows along um, this family and... Uh, it's a murder mystery, basically. Ten episodes, and then basically after the ten episodes, basically the, the, the mystery is solved. Mm-hmm. Um, each episode follows a different person that's involved in this murder, basically. And the whole time, you're sitting there fi- saying, I know who the killer is. I know what happened. It's person. I know. We're always, I know we're, what it is. We were guessing. And you think you know, and you don't. It shakes you. It shakes you up. You think you know. But you don't. But you don't. So, uh, <laughs> click li- uh, clickbait. I'm sorry, clickbait. It's got the guy uh, Adrian from Entourage. He does yeah. an excellent job. Mm-hmm. Uh, great cast, great acting, and it's just one of those things where you have to keep hitting to the next episode because you want to know what happens. And it's so beautifully written. It's a great show. Yeah, it's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. So my recommendation for this week is going to be a jerky board. Uh, so. With hunting season here, we always love making venison jerky. And one thing, you, you think you've got to get a slicer or all this jazz, and they have these methods where they, they you freeze it for a little bit, and then you come out and you slice it. But a jerky board is this simple, small-looking cutting board that's got a quarter-inch lip on one side and an eighth-inch on the other, so you have those two different measurements. You get you a brisket knife or just a long fillet knife. You put the meat down on the jerky board, and then you... Lay your knife straight across the wood, flat, and you just make your cut. And when you come up, you have a perfect, virtually perfect, quarter inch to eighth inch slice of meat that is the the is the perfect freaking A. I can't say it. You know, uh, width of thickness. Thickness. Thank you. That's good. Thickness of jerky that you want to use for dehydrating. And also, I recommend that y'all, if you're gonna get into making jerky. You're going to get your jerky board and do all this jazz. You need to get you some reload rub and seasoning, you guys. I'll say this real quick. You know, shipping is becoming uh, quite the bear with everyone right now. 
Yeah, last year, you know, we were shipping things out. We were getting it in the mail the next day from orders, mm-hmm. and it was still taking people two to three weeks to get there because of all of the uh, issues with USPS. Yeah, so throwing it out there to all of you guys, if you plan on buying it for yourself or buying some Reload for gifts this Christmas, you get on the ball sooner rather than later. But I'm telling you, double action on jerky, Magnum on jerky, fully loaded on jerky, all that jazz. Is- High caliber on... Uh- Wild turkey. Packing heat. You do a little spritzy spritz on any of those flavors and just you can, uh, you know, spice it up a little bit. I'm telling you, y'all. But seriously, get you a jerky board. It's fantastic. It's fun. The kids it's love cheap. it. Easy to eat. It makes jerky, makes jerky making easy. Yeah. Anyways, now that's my recommendation. And I'll pass things back to Stace for our listeners submitted reload recommends we're getting quite a few of these lately and we are welcome to any of those coming up uh the one that i chose for today was one that i i I highly agreed with um it's it's a song by larry fleet uh he is actually on our reload recommends spotify playlist already Uh um his song was recommended by matt mr matt farb Uh Uh, the one that we have on there already is called light about love i get a message a little bit ago, not today, a, a while back, from Mr. Noah Cheek hey, out there in okay. Oregon. And he sent me this song. It is by Larry Fleet um, from his 2019 album, Working Hard. This song is called Mix em With Whiskey. Hmm. A smoky bar on the wrong side of town. A scratched up vinyl, 45 spinning round. And ice in a glass waiting on a splash of some smooth from Tennessee. And some things just go better when you mix them with whiskey. A little burning, such a bad If that doesn't fit nicely in our playlist, that, I don't know what does. That's like my anthem right there. <laughs> that's so good. It's buttery. Um, like I said, thank you, Noah, for recommending that. If anybody else has some recommendations, shoot them our way. You know, it just might make it on the air here. That's right. And you know what else, guys? You know what else you need to do? You hit that subscribe button. You do it. Do it right now. That way you can listen to That Reload Podcast anytime, anywhere. And also, while you're at it, leave us that review, guys. Five stars if you love us. That way we can keep doing what we do. We love you. See you on the next show. See you next Tuesday. This podcast is brought to you by Reload Rub and Seasoning. Head to ReloadRub.com to pick up the full arsenal of our delicious blends, perfect for amping up your next meal. No MSG, clean ingredients, and a portion of every sale is donated to Hungry Heroes, serving those who serve others. So head over to ReloadRub.com and order yours today.